Welcome back to another Strong Towers podcast. This week, we're actually going to feature some audio from a recent conference uh, held at our church. If you remember a couple weeks back, our friend Todd mentioned practicing the presence during our conversation on spiritual challenge as one of the ways to engage ourselves in spiritual practices and and challenge ourselves to grow um, in that realm. So this talk deals specifically with that idea of practicing the presence, what it means, how you do it. You'll hear John Ackerman, uh, our co-host on there, as well as his wife, who was on our final episode of our Masculine Friendship episode, and uh, and actually Todd is a, a part of this conversation as well. So we hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up, become strong. There's just only so much the human heart can handle in any one session. And we know that some of you tapped out long ago, but we thank you for <laughs> physically staying. Um, there's nothing else that makes us feel better about ourselves and doesn't contribute to rejection issues that we then have to pray through. Um, but in these last couple of sessions, we want to turn from, as Todd spoke about earlier and as we talked about last night, we want to turn from the arena of freedom from things the places where we get all stirred up and and have to examine the areas where where we still need Jesus to do more work. And we now want to shift to this other arena of freedom to. How can we better experience the life that Jesus promised when he said there is a life to the full available? And so we want to have a conversation now about the words that are up on the screen, practicing the presence and I understand that that may sound a little bit vague. And so we're going to start right away with Todd. <laughs> what do we mean when we say practice the presence? Christian hedonism. Christian hedonism. <laughs> okay, so question two. Is <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so... Uh, I, I probably got this, this line of thing going around here because we went to a Leanne Payne conference and they, uh, the guy who spoke, this guy, Mark Pertweet, he spoke about practicing the presence. It turns out it's something that's known in the Christian church for a very, very, very long time. Brother Lawrence wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence. Uh, there's a diary by Frank, is this in their books? Frank uh, Laubach. Yeah. Frank Laubach. Um, <coughs> uh, uh, Letters of a Modern Mystic. Uh, there's one that my son TJ's into now called, do you remember what the name of that one is? Anyway, there's, just, there's a ton of resources. People, this is not new. This is older, actually, and we somehow lost some of this, especially in the West. So what is this? Um, it is a a way of living your life where 
you live um, in a state of growing in an awareness, a conscious awareness of the fact that the Holy Spirit is in you at all times and the Father, uh, the Son, the Spirit, they're with you at all times. So even though that's an objective truth, if we don't consciously, if we don't train ourselves to become consciously aware of it, it can be an objective fact that has very little meaning to our daily life. So it's the practice, you practice, you ride a bike, you practice, you practice, and eventually one day you ride a bike, and eventually you can talk on your cell phone while you're riding a bike because you don't even think about riding a bike. This is the idea. The practice of the presence is to, is to train yourself by work and effort so that one day it's so subconsciously easy for, this, for God to be present with you where it's subconscious, you can bring it to your conscious mind, you can bring it back down, you can bring it back up, you can bring it back down, but you are able to maintain this state where you are aware of God's presence. I'll say 24-7. Either consciously or subconsciously, it's going in the back of your mind because you have trained yourself to do this. And I called it Christian hedonism at the beginning because to be really fair about it, I heard the result of Brother Lawrence's life, and I heard the result of Frank Laubach's life. For instance, Brother Lawrence, um, he had such joy. This was a journey for him, by the way. This was decades. The first 10 years, he was practicing the presence to punish him, himself because he was such a bad person. And, he, and he, then when he started feeling some joy about it, he would punish himself more by practicing the presence harder, and he'd feel more joy. And it eventually kind of went, backfired. <laughs> and he, he had so much joy peeling potatoes in the kitchen that he literally would have to leave sometimes so people could not see the joy, overjoy, overflowing joy on his face. When I heard that, I told Sarah, Christian hedonism. This is a Christian version, version of doing what feels good. I'm doing this. And so years ago, I started out really totally selfishly, to be fair. It actually does actually work. And so practice of the presence is, you want the overflowing joy that we talked about, wired for joy? You want to you find a way on earth to get there? Do this. And it takes a little bit of work, but it begins to work for you over time. That's not a very short answer, but that's my best answer. <laughs> no, I, I think that's great. And that's what we've talked about kind of throughout this conference is Jesus was on to something, right? Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only say what I, see the what I hear the Father say. And so there was this awareness, right? They were connected, but he was aware of the connection in a way that I think we sometimes miss because I'm often doing and saying things that I know God's not doing and saying. And I'm not just talking about the, the, the sin, but just I, I don't think God says, hey, spend an hour, you know, flipping through Facebook. Like that, that's not what God's doing, right? <laughs> and so I'm doing something that God's not doing because I'm not aware of what God's doing. I, I'm not aware of that presence. And, and so that's what we want. Because there's incredible joy. And to be, and to be uh, I guess, to masculine, feminine, there's a, I've been drawing this out for people with my hands usually, but there's a deepening, deepening, deepening intimacy that comes from the practice that has no outer effect whatsoever. It's an inner joy that does eventually have an outer effect. But in my view, 
in my understanding, in my efforts in this space, you, you have to focus on this, and the intimacy gets deeper and deeper, and you do start to feel tremendous joy at times. And the out, so that outward joy, the outward effect, does happen, but if you spend too much time there, I'm sure we're going to get into pitfalls, this will be one of them. So, hi, love. Hello. So what did you first think when you heard about practicing the presence? <clears throat> okay, so Todd is the source of where I first heard about practicing the presence. And I thought, well, that sounds really great. That just, I mean, that sounds, yes, I would like that. But very quickly on the heels of that, I thought, I can't do that. I can't, there's, I, that's impossible. And it's for the really holy people because there's no way that I can 24-7 focus my thoughts on God. There's, I, I, don't, I don't know how you do that. And he told me about Brother Lawrence. And in the example when he told me he was not peeling potatoes, he was washing dishes. And his face was just like literally shining with the presence of the Lord that was in him. And people could see. And so like he said, he had, okay, I don't, I don't know what it looks like for you. When I'm doing dishes in my kitchen, the Lord is not shining from my face. I'm like, I don't understand. I, I can't. I, this is obviously something that is not for the normal people. This is for, you know, the really holy ones who are just obviously far better than I am at dishes and everything else. So, so you gave up on it, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I thought, okay, for a little bit, I was like, no, can't do it. But then I thought, no, okay. Brother Lawrence, that sounds holier than me, but... He's just a regular guy, too. So there's probably a chance if I try, I can do this, too. <laughs> yeah. And so you have. Yes. And so <laughs> what have you discovered along the way? What have been the benefits? Uh, okay. So let's see. At first, it was, it was a little tricky. I had to figure out, like, the process and how do I do it and all of that. But... I don't want to get into all that because I know you're going to talk about that part. But once I kind of figured out my way of practicing the presence and focusing my thoughts back to God and all that, um, there is just this undercurrent of peace constantly. Even when it's the absolute worst day of my life, there is still this thing underneath all of that turmoil and all of the dark and all of the hard that's, you're, it's okay. You're going to be okay. I got this. Not me, God. I got this. I got you. You're, you're going to be okay. Um, and just the other day, <laughs> I was doing my quiet time. And not to call you out, Liz, but you're going to totally appreciate this. I had my Bible and my journal and my pen and then this other book that I'm also reading in addition to, you know. So I was like all set and I'm ready. I'm like, okay, God, what's, what's the thing you want to work on in me today? Like, what's the, what's the, the issue that we need to work through? I'm ready. And he goes, no, I just, I just want you to sit here with me. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, so what's, what, are we, what are we working on? He's like, I just, want you to, I just want you to sit here with me. Oh, okay. So long, can we, are we going to work on it now? No, I just, so, I, okay. Then I finally was able to, oh, oh, that's right. We don't have to work on something. I can just spend time with you. So I just sat there. And I'm a visual learner, so God will show me pictures and things. And so I have this, in my imagination, I have this place where God and I, like, hang out. And there's a park bench, and we sit on the park bench. And I'm sitting there with him, and I'm just, just sitting. And it's really nice sunshine, right, just sitting there with him. And then the Holy Spirit joins us. 
And I'm just sitting there in between them, like this is fabulous, right? Just sitting, it's great. And then Jesus comes up, and like the three of us, just like four of us, just hang out. And I just sat there. I didn't, I didn't talk. I didn't, there was no worship music. I didn't ask what the problems were, what the sin issue is, what do I need a journal. I'd, I just sat there. And it was just this most, like, peace to a level that I can't, I can't explain. It's just this, and for the rest of that day, it was just, I, I wasn't worried about what was going to face me at work. I wasn't worried about conversations I was going to have to have with people that I knew were going to be difficult conversations. Like, it, it didn't, it was all, I, I got you. It's all okay. You're going to be okay. Everything's okay. Because it wasn't on me to figure out or, like, put into place because God was taking care of all of it, and I didn't have to. And that's not what life was like before. I would have woken up far too early with thoughts on my mind about what I needed to do and trying to make the list so I didn't forget and obsessing, you know, having that fake conversation with the person I was going to have to have the conversation with so I was prepared for it. So it's just, it's just completely shifted all kinds of things for me. How about you, Todd? What does this look like for you? Um, so I think I've got enough healing to tell you what I'm getting ready to tell you. It feels a little bit, it feels a little bit raw, to be honest, because it's kind of very personal, actually. Um, um, a couple of years, so I've been practicing, I've been trying to do this on and off since <coughs> whenever we went to Leanne Payne, like 2000, what? Uh, I don't know, 11, something like that. Um, on and off. And I'm a bit, I can be a little OCD, so I'm, and a system. And, but one day, I was out at the park having a quiet time, and I realized that all the conscious work that I had been doing to recall to mind whatever is true. So for me, I would set a timer, and every 10 minutes, recall something to mind that I felt like the Lord said in the morning is true. I love you. I'm with you. Whatever it is. And then I would recall that every 10 minutes, all day, and it, it adds up. You do that for a day, okay, it's nice. I do it for a month. I do it. You do it for a few years, it starts to actually pretty seriously affect you. I, I have always known, I've heard, I can stand up and preach, God loves me, but I have never felt it until June of two years ago. I called Sarah and I said, I finally, for the first day, felt he loves me. That is so different for me. And I, I really, really got focused then. Because this is the pleasure. This is the thing I wanted. It's the Christian hedonism. It's what I was after. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I know I'm doing this selfishly mostly. But he's okay with it. Because, and now it's becoming more reciprocal. So it's common for in the morning, I try to be aware of it before I get out of bed, I will wake up with his hand on my chest or his head, his forehead on my forehead. If you don't think that affects you, when days turn into months, which turn into years, people, a number of people, my own children came up to me and they're like, Dad, what's going on? Because it changes you. It's the pleasure we want in such a simple form. So that's what it looks like. I know you know these already, but... I brought props for this and then promptly left them in the other room. So, 
my wife is wonderful and is going to save me. <clears throat> again. Again. I've lost track now, so it's, it's just <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, just to throw my little piece of this story in, like Brooke, I heard about this first from, from Todd and Sarah, from their experiences. And that's one of the things that I love about this journey is you never have to have it all figured out for yourself. You get to learn from others. Um, Sweetie, it's in the backpack, front pocket. <laughs> Saving me again. Side note, side note, since she's out there. So uh, a, a, a bit of the content, a good bit of the content for this stuff I, I was in on. But I was watching him do a talk that I, I mostly built, and I was like, you know what? When I, I'm just, it's just like when we do steaks. I literally stink at preparing a full meal. No potatoes, no beans. Put the steak on the plate and eat it as fast as you can because it's hot. And I realized I tend to teach that way. And I was watching John teach a piece that I had largely had a lot to do with, and I thought, that is the right way to do this. It's got potatoes, it's got beans, it's got the garnish. He did the whole thing. And I just, with my personality, I get a little bored with it. I'm like, steak, boom, I'm gone. And, and, you, and so you, everyone's different. And so how you do this is different. So mine is a little bit overly, one thing, where other people need to do it the way that's comfortable to them. Yeah, so anyway, side note. Try. Thank you. And so because, you know, we've had the benefit of learning from others that have gone before and figured out how to make a really good steak, uh, you know, it feels like we kind of get to add in the pieces around it. And so I tried a little bit of Todd's process. I tried a little bit of Brooks just settling. So one of the things that Todd and Sarah were big fans of, thank you for the prop, um, is this little, it looks like it's the 1990s again and people have pagers. They don't. That's gone. If you still have one, get rid of it. It's not coming back. Um, <laughs> But this is just a little interval timer. Like people would use it at a gym if they're doing circuit training. And so what I used it for and what they had used it for was put it on a 10-minute timer, a 15-minute timer, a one-minute timer if you're super aggressive. And this thing will buzz in your pocket if you're trying to be discreet. Like I'm walking around a room full of teenagers. So if this is beeping every five minutes, you know we're getting nothing done. <laughs> so I needed to have something that was a little bit quieter, but something that would still grab my attention. Because what I was discovering was I would walk into the school at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I would walk out at about 4.30, and only realize at that point that God was still a thing. I wouldn't have thought about him for the last eight and a half hours. Because I was, I was in my place where I work where I know how to do things, or I can problem solve the things that come up that I'm not sure how to do. But rarely, if ever, did the thought cross my mind, I wonder what God's saying right now. <laughs> right? Because I, I was focused. And maybe that's male compartmentalization. But I've, I've no, talked with I, enough people that, that, yeah, that we get nice. into these parts of our lives where we think we know what we're doing, and so we don't bother to incorporate anything else. And so I realized I needed something that would distract me from myself. And so this became a really great way to do what Todd was talking about. God, what's the thing you want me to stay focused on with you today? Okay. And this is going off every 5 to 10 to 15 minutes in my pocket. And so I'd be in the middle of whatever I'm doing at school and be like, this is... And at first, it was incredibly disruptive. So much so that if I'm giving a lecture in the class, like, I would break what I was saying. And my kids are like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. Everything's fine. I'm just... It, it took practice. I had to practice 
the presence. I had to practice paying attention to God instead of paying attention to the things I'm usually paying attention to. Now, because I still have lots of sanctification work to do, I learned to quickly ignore this within about two weeks. Right, I would get so accustomed to this going off and be like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that in a second. And the yeah, 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 I'll get to that in a second ended up at the next 15 minute interval. Yeah. At which point I would, yeah, 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 I'll get to that again. And by the time I get to 4.30, I've walked out going, I didn't do this thing once. So it was a great system until it stopped being a great system. And so this required intentionality on my part. No, I am actually going to do this. I'm not going to let this do it for me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to choose this. And so as I've gotten better at it, there's been so many places where being better aware of God's presence has saved me. Um, So I had a colleague that I oversee a department of many teachers, and one of them royally screwed up. I mean, just no way around it, royally screwed up. And it was my job to go tell him he had royally screwed up. And honestly, I wanted to. This guy's just driven me crazy for a long time. I've not been happy with him as an employee. I wanted to let him have it. This was a wonderful opportunity for me. And, but I had the presence of mind to stop before I walked in his room and say, God, I want your words. I know what I want to say. I have it all scripted out. But if you want me to say something different, tell me. And so as I walk in, I can tell this guy's bracing for impact because he knows it's coming. And into my mind and then out of my mouth suddenly come words of affirmation. Words of appreciation. Words of recognition. And the whole time I'm watching this like outside of myself, like, really? (laughs) Really? But it was exactly what was needed because the whole dynamic of the relationship and the moment changed. And he felt seen and recognized and appreciated. And he's like, I, I didn't know that, that you thought so highly of me. And I had to be honest and say, I, I do. You drive me crazy. but You do. I, I, I pre- and, and so it was just this wonderful moment of because I was aware of what God was doing and what God was saying, I was able to do what God was doing and what God was saying instead of what John wanted to do and what John wanted to say, which would have had a wildly different impact. <laughs> So last week, I'm teaching the Holocaust to a room full of 10th graders. So it's an uplifting day. And we're also at the end of the school year. So I'm trying to finish. We've got stuff we need to cover. It's World War II. We need to get to the Cold War and do all the things that are involved in that. And I got about two days. But it felt like God was saying, go slow. The room is heavy. Let them feel this. And so because I've gotten to a place where I'm better aware, I'm so far from really good at this, but I'm better aware of what God is doing in the moment. He said, go slow. Let them feel this. And so I did, even though it graded against everything in me as a classroom teacher that said, no, we don't have time. We don't have time for them to feel. They have to learn. (laughs) We've covered some of this already, right? And so... We went slow, and I heard several of the kids say things like, wow, I didn't think this would affect me that much. Because they're used to not feeling and just 
doing the next thing. And so this, this awareness of God has had many practical, helpful elements, but then there's also been these moments of just incredible peace, like Brooke was talking about, or just, I actually feel loved today. Not just knowing biblically that I'm loved, but I actually feel God's love for me. I feel him loving me right now. So we obviously didn't come to this smoothly or easily, so it's fair to acknowledge some of the challenges along the way as we've grown into this. So, sweetie, how about for you? Sure. Um, I also adopted the Todd and Sarah method of the gym boss at first um, and had it on the vibrate setting because I, at the time, was also a classroom teacher. And sometimes walking past the kids, they'd be like, is that, is that my cell phone? And I'm like, I don't know what that was. Um, but I started to... Um, not, 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 I wasn't like mentally tuning out, but I, I started to get used to the feeling of the little vibrate. So I would move it, like it has like a little, has a little clip on it. So I would clip it like to this side of my pants or I would clip it like tomorrow, I would do the next side. Or I would, sometimes I would wear like a dress and didn't have something to clip it to, so I would drop it down in my boot and like, you know, I, I, I purposely moved it so that I wasn't like desensitized to it. But then... I started to practice the presence of the gym boss. Like I started to anticipate <laughs> this feeling of vibrating and then I would be like, okay, I gotta talk, I gotta think about that. And it wasn't, it wasn't at all about God. It was about, well, yeah, what was that thought again? He told me to focus, you know what I mean? It was, it was not doing what it was supposed to be doing. And so I just, I took little bits and pieces of what, how other people were doing it and then I realized, just like <laughs> anything else with God, <laughs> my practicing the presence had to be unique to me. <laughs> And it had to be how I connected with God. And so if you ever saw, especially, I don't know what it is about the morning. If you ever saw John and me, like when, right after we wake up and we make our tea and we sit there, like you would never guess that I'm an introvert, ever. Because the amount of words that I have when it's just John and me is incredible. And there are times that I'll stop, like, I'm like, oh. Am I, am I just, am I doing what I think I'm doing? Like, hey, you haven't even really said anything. Like, it's just been me. Like, all the thoughts, whatever the, whatever the thoughts are, they come out and I get to tell John. And I'm just like, and he's like, no, I, I love you. I want to know what you're thinking about. I, you know, and so th that's how I am throughout the day with God. It's as if he's sitting right there with me and I'm just talking to him about whatever's going on in my day and what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. And it's like, it's just this constant conversation between the two of us. And so when something comes up that I'm not sure how to handle it, I'm just like, okay, what are you, how are you going to, like, what do you want to say to me? I, just like I would ask John for advice about something or it's just like having a conversation. I just do that with God. And there are days just like I'm not, you know, 100% best wife in the world, there are days that our relationship, the conversation's not great, and I will go because I'm so, like, focused on whatever task, like, John doesn't pop into my head. There, there are days that I don't have that kind of conversational intimacy with God throughout the entire day. I'll be so task-focused that I'm not checking in with him, but it's way better than it was before, but it took me a while to figure out how it worked for me. It's, it was a, a bit of a process for me to realize that it's, it's not a formula 
that it's ever evolving as my relationship with God is ever evolving. Like he's always there. He is constant, but the way that I relate to him is changing and growing and getting better. And so my version of practicing the presence is changing and growing and getting better. So it's not the gym boss might not work for you. It might be fabulous for you. Uh, you might have to do some. I, I, there, there was a period of time that I set prayer reminders on my phone and every hour I would pray for a different person or a different thing and that worked for a little bit and then it got to be the practice of the phone reminder and like John said it would be like four o'clock in the afternoon I'm like oh geez I missed noon through four so now I gotta sit here and like tick off and like that's that's the kind of heart you want you know when you're praying for someone or something else I gotta okay I gotta pray for this one check okay I gotta pray for that one check all right great like that's so like I said it wasn't perfect from day one it's been changing I'm sure it's gonna change some more it's you just kind of have to trial and error and be kind to yourself when you realize the error because I mean what's the worst thing oh you tried to focus your thoughts on God and you did it wrong like that's you know no like you just try to figure out which way works best for you and God's not up there going I cannot believe you didn't figure this out yet that's not we know that's not how it works So Todd, how about you? Challenges, lessons learned along the way? I I think I would um, echo what you were just saying. Given everyone's personality is different. So, you know, Enneagram's hot right now, Myers-Briggs, whatever. Um, Enneagram actually is interesting in that it talks about different people. Every of the nine, people have a different path to God depending on what their unique issues are. So uh, I do think that people have to find their own. If I were to say what helped me the most, it was make sure the thought is so... It cannot be a verse. You're not doing meditation. It has to be able to be brought to your mind and back out because you might be in the middle of a phone call or whatever. It has to be brought to your mind and back out in a second or less. 1001. And me, so for me, I'm super visual. So if, I, if, I, if, if it goes off and I see Jesus' hand right there, I literally, I, I might have to pause what I'm saying. I might not. I actually ignore it. I do ignore it if I'm in the middle of a sentence. But it is definitely bad to train yourself to ignore it in terms of mm-hmm. like the rules, whatever the th- however you remember. Um, you don't want to train yourself, but right. I think the biggest pitfall I see when I've encouraged so many people to do this is they make it too hard. They set this standard that's mm-hmm. the bar so high, no one can jump over, so they quit. It's keep the thought teensy weensy, keep it tiny, and don't set the interval so fast. You can always get a bigger thought and a shorter interval if you want, <laughs> but don't set the bar too high. And then if you have a part personality like mine, I would always eventually feel like I wasn't doing it well enough. Mm-hmm. And God would say, stop, yep. stop. I've got this. You've got to stop. Because I would mm-hmm. start feeling the pressure, the yep. condemnation, like I wasn't doing it well. And so he would say, stop, I got this. So keep it tiny. But, but if I say anything about this, it would be never quit. Mm-hmm. Never quit. Whatever Winston Churchill, however he said it, <laughs> don't quit. Do not quit, because if you, re- if you keep this up, even if you stop and start, stop and start, mm-hmm. you will get the joy, the j- because yes, there's an outward benefit if you think of doing and being, 
the deepening of the being and the, and the growth of the doing. Yeah, there's a doing where you can walk in and you can have an amazing meeting, but it's com- it comes from this yeah. deep intimacy that you are in a place of sonship or daughtership, and a, the intimacy is so profound, it gets much easier to do the doing. Um, so don't quit, because this right here is worth every ounce of energy you put into it. The pleasure on this journey is impossible to describe. My wife sometimes will see my face once in a while if, if I don't realize that she's watching, and she'll be like, wow. Because it, 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 it we're made to be in his presence, and it, it, is, it elicits such joy. Real joy. I'm not talking religious joy. I'm saying actually that you feel in your whole body if you keep this up. We used the phrase last night, a long obedience in the same direction. And that's truly what this is. This, this truly is a practice. And not practice in the, the sort of soul-crushing way that we usually associate practice with, because none of us like practice for the most part. <laughs> But it's worth it. It is transformative. It requires effort. It is slow. Mm-hmm. But it is worth it. Um, and, you know, learn from those that went before. Uh, Todd referenced Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Let me show you the important part. <laughs> it's like 70 uh, pages. Right. Th- this is not a long read. Just looking at the font. Yeah, and it's pretty decent sized font. Like it's yeah. not tiny little, you know. And it's just it's the story of a man who is learning to do this and and <coughs> the joy that he finds in it. Uh, similarly, Frank Laubach. <laughs> For me, this is the one that really hit home. I re- I read the Brother Lawrence one and I thought it was good. I read this and I was just struck dumb. And I know for Todd, it was the Brother Lawrence book and continues to be the Brother Lawrence book of this is just a... So whatever the thing is, find the thing that encourages you. If it's the gym boss, run with it. I know some people that have had phenomenal success with this. Honestly, I'm pretty much done with this. So if somebody wants it, the battery's dead apparently, but... (laughs) 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 It's worth it. It's worth it. So with that said, actually, Todd, would you pray for us in a second about this? Um, We're going to give you a quick five-minute break. Um, The snacks are all gone. I think there's a last little bit of caffeine just outside of those doors. Uh, So this is just a last stretch your legs, run to the bathroom if you need to. Uh, We're in the home stretch. We're almost there. Um, So Todd, would you pray for us and then take a five-minute break and come back? Yeah. Uh, If I could encourage you, this next one is not really much of a talk so much as, as it is. Um, the promise of the Spirit. We, th- this journey of practicing the presence is, a, is definitely an inner journey that has an outward expression at times, but it's more inner. The, the ability to make this journey well depends on the Holy Spirit doing the work for us and finding how we do that. How do we actively wait? How do you proactively wait we're going to talk about that and we're going to ask the spirit to help us and to rest on on us as we are here um so that's what we're going to finish on so lord we thank you for 
the fact that you have come for us, Lord. You have come for us. We did not seek you. We're so easily distracted, but you have not been ever distracted from your prize. Lord, we thank you that you have been here. We thank you for what you're doing. Open our eyes. You are the lifter of our heads. Lord, lift our heads until we can see you face to face. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.